Well, tonight, um, tonight's going to be kind of like a part two from last week. For those of y'all that were here last week, um, uh, you know, we talked about uh, uh, the, the right response, a, rise, a wise response to the dilemmas in life. And I read from Psalm 37, verses 1 through 9, and we talked about how that psalm was which called a wisdom psalm. Some of the psalms uh, in the book of Psalms are called wisdom psalms, and Psalm 37 was one of them. And so talked about the wise response through uh, to questions, issues, and doubts in life uh, is trusting in the Lord. You remember that, those of y'all that were here? We talked about that's the way that we respond, we respond to, and we talked about all the craziness going on in the world, in personal life, whatnot. It's trusting in the Lord, and, and, and David broke that down a few times. But in there, uh, in that scripture in Psalm 37, we looked at the five dimensions of trust. David talked about five different dimensions of trust in Psalm 37. I'm just going to recap quickly. And, and those were, number one, we need to renounce envy. We have to renounce envy in our life. Number two is delighting yourself in the Lord. And that word delight means to align yourself with the Lord's will, with the Lord's ways. Uh, the third thing we talked about, uh, the third dimension of trust is to surrender everything to the Lord, to be totally surrendered to him. The fourth dimension of trust was uh, uh, patience, uh, uh, practicing patience in hope. That we have to practice patience. It's talking about miracles and answered prayer and how we have to practice patience, but with hope, with an anticipation and hope in the midst of all this. This, again, all comes out of Psalms 37, verses 1 through 9. If you weren't here, maybe jot that verse down and you can look at all of these. You can even go back and listen to it online on our podcast and even, you know, get the notes up there. And the fifth uh, dimension of trust we talked about was avoiding anger and aggravation and how anger and aggravation quickly corrodes our character and so that's what we talked about last week so this week uh we're, we're gonna uh, th- tonight we're, it's gonna be like a part two almost a continuation of trust of trusting in the lord and tonight i want to talk about uh i want to look at what we can expect when we trust the lord so last week we talked about that that was the wise response to was the dilemmas in life was uh, trusting in the Lord, the five dimensions, and now tonight. So once we do that, once we start trusting, we start operating in these five dimensions of trust, what can we expect now when we trust in the Lord? Uh, and if you remember, one of the things, one of the verses we read last week was in Psalm 37.5, and it says this, Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him, and He will help you. So we're going to look at some ways we can do that tonight and what we can expect when we trust in the Lord. Let's pray before we get into these. Father, we thank you for tonight. I thank you for, again, uh, just your your great presence, the promises of your word. We thank you for your word tonight and that your word is awesome, living and true. Lord, as I, I said jokingly, but I, I'm, I'm dead serious now. Lord, I, I need your unction. I, I want everything that I say tonight from this point on to be straight from the kingdom of heaven, straight from your throne room, Lord. If there's any words, any thoughts that are not of you tonight, Father, I just ask that you would take them from my mind or from my lips tonight. Holy Spirit, I ask that you take control. Lord, you say what you want to say. You do what you want to do, Holy Ghost. This is your service, Lord. I pray for everyone hearing my voice tonight, that you would speak to them, open up their hearts, their minds, their ears, Lord God, to hear your word, to apply it, Lord God, to their lives. We need your anointing. We need your grace. We need your supernatural love. In Jesus' Jesus name we pray. Amen. So what can we expect when we trust the Lord? Number one, we can expect that the Lord is going to give us direction for our life, that he will give us direction for our life. And this is always a big one for us. What to do? 
Again, sitting with, I was sitting with, with, with a, a brother here in the church earlier this week. And, and again, one, uh, he, you know, he, one of the, many of, uh, I know of people that have gotten laid off and we're just we're talking and praying about the direction, the next direction that he needs to go in his life and just praying about it. And I know that's huge, especially when you're talking about, you know, your career, your job, maybe moving, maybe relationship. But the Lord promises this in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I think I hit on this scripture last week, but we're going to look at it a little closely. We know, most of us are familiar with this. If you're not, it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, and it says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he, would sh- he will show you which path to take. He will show you what path to take. It says to trust in the Lord with all your heart, fully trusting, and not depending on our own understanding. Not, it's hard to trust the Lord when we're still relying on what our understanding of life, of things, and how things operate. We know that the Bible says that the Lord's ways are way higher than our ways, right? And his thoughts are way higher than our thoughts. How much higher? As high as the heavens is to the earth. In other words, we can't even begin to understand, in in essence, how God operates. I mean, there's aspects of God, obviously, he reveals himself to us in his word, but there's just some things that really are a mystery, I really are just, we, we can't wrap our brains around it. So that's why he says to trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. So this is direction. If you need direction in your life, seek his will. And then this is it. He will show you which path to take. Years ago, I, as I was reading through the Gospels and reading through the, the, the book of Luke, I realized that there was a great illustration of this in the book of Luke. In Luke chapter 22, and I'm going to read the verses 7 through uh, 13, there's a great illustration of this. I love how you ever heard the saying that about the Old Testament and New Testament, that the, the, the New Testament is concealed in the Old, and the Old is revealed in the New, right? So here we have an Old Testament scripture in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and watch how this one scripture is played out, and we see the whole thing laid out in the life of Jesus and his disciples. It's in Luke 22. Beginning in verse 7, it says this. Now the festival of unleavened bread arrived. When the Passover lamb is sacrificed, Jesus sent Peter and John ahead and said, Go and prepare the Passover meal so we can eat it together. Where do you want us to prepare it? They asked him. He replied, As soon as you enter Jerusalem, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him. At the house he enters, say to the owner, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? He will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. That is where you should prepare our meal. They went off to the city and found everything just as Jesus said, and they prepared the Passover meal there. We can see this played out. Look in verse 9. They sought his will. Remember it says, to, to, to seek his will and all that you do? They asked him in verse 9, where do you want us to go? Lord Jesus, what is your will? And where did you want us to go? And then in verse 10 through, through 12, he gave them direction, right? He said, what do you want us to go? And he told them exactly what to go do. He said, go, and, and as soon as you enter Jerusalem, a man's carrying a pitcher of water, meet him. The house he enters, say to the owner, say this, go to the upstairs room and everything. He gave him exact direction. Now listen. We see this here, but this is, this is interesting. This is, this is powerful right here. They really had to apply verse 5 of Proverbs 3 here because it says, Trust in the Lord and all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. 
in order to follow these directions, they really had to trust him. Because you got you to gotta understand something. He said, there will be a man carrying a pitcher of water. And you have to understand the culture back then in Israel that most of the time, almost all the time, it was the women that would carry the water around. So when Jesus said, there will be a man carrying a pitcher of water, they were probably thinking, Lord, what man's going to be carrying pitchers around? Like, no man's going to do that. That's a woman's job, basically. You know, that's, the culture was that's what, and you could look at it back in Exodus, Moses, you remember Moses, in the, it was them uh, in the, uh, uh, I mean, there was still water in the sheep, but it was the women's job whenever, in Exodus, when he was in the wilderness, they went to water the, uh, uh, water the, the sheep, and they were at the well and whatnot. Also, uh, the story, uh, um, the story when, I always get Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When Isaac's servant was going to find a wife for Isaac, you remember that? And ever the servant came to the, to the well, she came and she, there was a woman had a pitcher. And you remember he said, give me a drink and, and, had, and water my camels too. It was women that carried the pitchers of water. So when Jesus said, you'll find a man, they were probably thinking, this doesn't make sense. So in that moment, they had to really exercise Proverbs chapter three and five. And they had to say, okay, Lord, This doesn't make sense, but we're going to do exactly what you told us to do. And sure enough, verse 13 in Luke 22 says, and they found everything just as Jesus said. So even though it didn't make sense to them, they sought the Lord's will. They got exact direction. It didn't make sense, but they did it. And it it was exactly as it says. Isn't this a great picture, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? It lays it all out for you right there in Luke 22. And this is a great example for us. When, When we're seeking direction for our life from the Lord, the Lord will tell you what to do, and sometimes it won't make sense. Sometimes it just doesn't make sense what he says to do. But we have to truly trust in him. That's what it means to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. We, when it don't matter, this, this does not make sense. But Lord, I will trust you. You ever had, I'm just using this as an example. I hear stories all the time. You maybe ever had the Lord tell you to, to give somebody something and it was kind of like the last of what you had or a little bit left. And it's like, Lord, how am I going to do this? I'm going to be struggling if I do this. But you just felt, knew it was the Lord, right? And as soon as you did it, the Lord blessed you like 10 times over, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, we have to really seek the Lord. If you're looking for a major decision in your life, you need major direction going back. You're going to have to trust in the Lord and not lean. You're going to have to get your understanding what makes sense. If you know it's from God, if it's confirmed that whatever the Lord's leading you and guiding you through his word by spirit with godly counsel, helping you along with that, it's a way we're just going to have to fully trust him and lean not on his own understanding. He will give you direction. How many are seeking direction about something right now? Let me see your hands. There's something in your life. Look at that. About half of the, more than half of the people in this, in this building looking for specific direction. So I want to encourage you, if you continue to trust the Lord, seek his will. Don't leave the understanding. He will direct your path. That's the promise, right? Whatever promise in the Bible, there's a condition. There's a condition and he does a promise. He will show you a path to take. He will lead you. Amen? Number two, the second thing we can expect when we trust in the Lord is that we will have victory in our battles. Amen? We will have victory in our battles. I love how, like, two of the lines, again, I love how God does this. We didn't plan this. I, didn't, I mean, I knew he was, he was singing that song just late, earlier today because he sent it to me. But it talks about trusting. I choose to trust you. And he talks about because the, the battle, you already won my battle. Somebody, the verse says or the, in, in the song, the battle's already won. You've already fought my battles for me. 
Victory in your battles is what you can expect when you trust the Lord. Look at in 2 Chronicles 13, 18, the Bible says this. Thus the sons of Israel were subdued at that time, and the sons of Judah conquered because they trusted in the Lord, the God of their fathers. It says the reason they conquered was because they trusted in the Lord. Look at Psalm 22 and 4. It says, in you our fathers trusted. They trusted you and you delivered them. It says it twice. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. Victory and deliverance can be expected when you're trusted in the Lord. Amen? In what area or areas of your life have you been battling in? Maybe for years. Maybe there's been a battle, a stronghold, a struggle that's been going on for years in your life that you've been struggling with. Have you been fully trusted in the Lord? Have you given that thing to the Lord? Trust in the Lord, he will deliver you and keep give you complete victory in this area. You know, last night, uh, I had the honor and the privilege to, to go minister uh, at, at a place, Miss Tamara's Wells and her family. They, they, they have a ministry where they, um, they, they do it with ladies and they've started doing it with men where uh, it, it's a bunch of guys from the jail. And it's, it's a program where it's, they're still considered, I guess, a part of being in the jail system. But these guys that I, I had the opportunity to speak to last night uh, were like in, in different forms of like drug rehab, like the ARC and the Lafayette Parish drug rehabilitation and whatnot. So there's probably about 80 or 90 guys. And uh, it was set up at a nice place. They bless them with a nice meal. And then they get a guest speaker to come in. And she asked me to go share my testimony. So before I even got up to speak, we were sitting down at round tables with probably about six to eight people sitting at the table. And we were all eating. And as I began to talk to the guy that was next to me, he had just, he had just checked himself into this drug rehab Wednesday. He said, man, I went in right after Mardi Gras. So it sounded like he might have stayed up all night partying for Mardi Gras. And bright and early Wednesday morning, he said, man, I went check myself in. And just through the course of the conversation, uh, I had mentioned I had been to jail and whatnot and, and, uh, and how I went down the road of drugs and alcohol. And he asked me the question. He said, man, how long have you been clean? And I said, man, about 14 years now. He was like, wow. He said, man, how did you do it? That was his question. How did you do it? And I said, you know, man, I tried for many times. A couple of times I got arrested. Then I'd be like on probation or something. I had to take drug tests. And, and I just really tried to quit on my own. I said, but it wasn't until I gave my life to Christ. And that's basically what I told him is I fully trusted in him to deliver me. That's when the deliverance came in. That, that's when I got delivered fully was when I said, God, I can't do this. And I told him, man, it wasn't easy even after I got saved. And, I, and I, I just, you know, there was times where I still stumbled and I drank a little bit. Or I got high a few times afterwards. I said, but man, I just kept going back to the Lord and said, Lord, you know, I don't want to do this no more, Lord. Take this, the taste of alcohol from my mouth, the desire for drugs. And I told him, which a prayer I pray still to this day, Lord, give me more of a hunger for your word and a thirst for your presence. And I continue to pray that, Lord, I don't want to hunger and thirst for drugs and alcohol. But Lord, I want to hunger and thirst for you. I, I'm trusting that you are the deliverer. So I just, I got to share that one-on-one. -on -one, and then I got to get up a little bit later, like I said, and share with all those guys that were in there my testimony. And I presented a gospel. And I'm going to give a praise report that 33 guys made a decision to give their life to Christ last night. Amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. It was such an awesome night. It's a great night. I, there was two guys in there that I was childhood friends with, two other guys that actually I knew that the siblings of one person that comes here, another good friend of mine here in town. And so the Lord just really did a great work. But it's in that. That's what I was getting over to those guys. And I was trying to relate to them 
That if you're in the thick of the battle, if you need to be delivered, if, if there's maybe it's a drugs and alcohol, maybe it's a, some other bondage that you're in, maybe it's just you know a battle in your marriage, a battle in your health, uh, whatever the case may be, fully trust the Lord. Sometimes we try to fight our battles on our own and we end up getting whipped or we end up getting worn out. Now, I always go back to the seven sons of Sceva. They tried to cast out demons in Jesus' name that Paul speaks of. And it says that they all got beat up, all seven of them. And they got run out of the house naked, broken, and bruised because they were trying to fight a spiritual battle in their own flesh. We need the Lord's help. We need to trust that the Lord, like we sang and like the Bible says, is going to fight our battles. Both of those scriptures said that they conquered and they, they, they were delivered because they trusted in the Lord. They trusted in the strong arm of the Lord. Amen? So when we trust in the Lord fully, we can expect victory in our battles. Number three. Number three. The third thing is that we can expect answers to our prayers. We can expect answers to our prayers. Listen to this verse in 1 Chronicles 5.20. It says this. They cried out to God during the battle. Now listen. And he answered their prayer because they were holy and righteous men. Because they were mighty warriors. Because they prayed and fasted for 30 days. What does it say? Because they trusted in him. In this particular case, the reason their prayers got answered, the Bible says, is because they trusted him. It wasn't because of their prayer, how long their prayer. Now, God, I know God honors prayer and fast, and we do, we pray and fast every year, and that's a blessing, but we see, because we know we can pray and still not trust. Lord, I pray that you would do this, this, and that in Jesus' name. We run off and we still go try to make it happen, right? We do that, right? We all are. We still worry. You know, we've all seen the thing. Why worry if you're going to pray, and why pray if you're going to worry? We've all seen that little. Come on, y'all seen that somewhere? Billboard, uh, you know, Facebook or something. You know, and it's true. It's a true thing. But you know, in in here in this in the thick of the battle that 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 Israel was in, they cried out to the Lord, and the the, the formula, the key for them. Getting their answer to prayer was because they trusted in the Lord. They put their trust in him fully. When they went to him, it was like, this is it. I, I, I exhaust all my options here. Lord, I'm fully trusting in you. And, and I'll be honest, I just had this thought. And I know we all do this. And I know this is, this is a minute thing. But, but I, I get convicted over little things. Like this. You ever have a headache? And then like, I, I've had headaches before and like, I pop some Advil, then I pray, Lord, I pray you'd heal my headache. It's like, you just took Advil first. Like, you, you know, you, you trusted the Advil first, or like a little supplement, you know, like, Lord, I'm praying you heal me, but, you know, and there's nothing wrong with taking Advil. Now, but you know what I'm saying? Y'all get what I'm saying at? Y'all do? You sure? Because a few of y'all looking at me like, you sure? All right, just want to make sure there ain't no stones coming out, huh, man? You know, but it's true, right? We, we did, and I know that's a small, a small thing, but truly, you know, I, I love it. Like when you see in the, in the Gospels, when people went to Jesus, it was like they went to him first. The first thing was like, look, Peter's mom was had a, 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 a mother-in-law had a great fever. And they went to Jesus first and foremost. Like, Lord, can you come heal her? Lord, can, can you come touch her? When I say trusting in him, is like, like I said, all oh, like the lady with the issue of blood. Every other thing she tried, her, her, like I said, everything was exhausted. It was like, okay, if I just reach out and touch the hem of his garment, this is all that I got. She put her total and full trust because she had blew all of her money. She had tried all the doctors in there. She did everything she could do, the Bible says, and she only got worse. So when she reached out in faith, in total trust, and touched just the hem of his garment, instantly she was healed. Instantly that prayer was answered. 
What have you been praying about? What is it that you want the Lord to do in your life? Keep trusting the Lord that he's going to answer your prayers throughout this week, throughout this month, throughout the year and the years to come. Amen. Don't stop. Don't stop. Now, I do feel like I need to I need to say this here because, you know, uh, because there's times where it doesn't look like God's answering, or he may not answer. I'll say this. God doesn't answer prayers that are not according to his will. Right. Okay, right? I've heard men run around and talk about that they had to divorce their wife because they had a kingdom wife. They, they needed to get a kingdom wife. That wasn't an answer to prayer. That's not God's will. Just want to let you know that if you didn't know. Okay? That's why you have like brother uh, Jim Darnell, every time he comes, he's like, it's the same wife, wife from 50 years. It's like preachers nowadays, they show up, they got a different wife every time they come around. You know? You've heard brother Jim Darnell say that last couple of times he was here. But you know, certain prayers God won't answer because they're not according to his will, right? That's, that's basic. And then sometimes he, he doesn't always answer our prayers in the time or the way that we want them to be answered. Sometimes we want it to be answered a certain way or in a certain time frame, but it doesn't always happen. I just want to, just want to recap a few things. And I don't do this often, but I, I did, I, I preached a message a few years back and it was called, Why do my prayers sometimes seem unanswered? And I'm just going to give you a few highlights, just some few points from that. But I believe it's still on our website podcast. If not, if, if, if you've struggled with this before, I want you to jot that title down. You can go in the resource center or the info center in the lobby and you can order it. It's called Why Do My Prayers Sometimes Seem Unanswered? And a few things I talk about in there is that sometimes the answer is strategically delayed. It's not that he doesn't answer it, but sometimes the answer is strategically delayed. Listen to this. God... With God, timing is far more important than time. The timing of the answer prayer is far more important than the time of it. So we got to remember that. The second thing is sometimes the prayer, the answer to the prayer is significantly different, again, than we expect it to be. We praying that God gives us certain, certain things. Now listen to what Ruth Graham said. This is the wife of Billy Graham. She was praying specifically. She wanted God to answer because she wanted to get married. This is a quote from Ruth Graham. Listen to what she said. She said, if God had given me what I asked him for, I would have married the wrong man seven times. That's a quote from Ruth Graham, Billy Graham's wife. She said, I would have married the wrong man seven times. I'm sure she's glad now that God didn't answer those prayers the first seven times, right? And that she married the Reverend Billy Graham, the greatest evangelist as a evangelist of our time and the third thing is that you know what it goes back to what we're talking about tonight is that sometimes that the lord is just teaching us to trust and rely on him you know because sometimes if 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 we 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 ask god for an answer to prayer and it happens right away then you know it doesn't take much faith for that it doesn't make much much trust to go and goes back to paul if you think about it again all this is detailed in that message if you want to go and listen to it but you know it goes back to paul having the thorn in his flesh i was just joking about that with technology earlier but you know paul had a thorn in his flesh and what did he pray god he said he begged god he didn't just mention it like hey god if you got time he begged god lord would you please take this thorn from me please and all the lord said is my grace is sufficient it's almost like he didn't even addressed the, the prayer. He's just like, my grace is sufficient. He was teaching Paul to rely on him, to trust him, to trust fully in the grace of God. And sometimes that's what it's about. We know God answers prayer. We know God is faithful. But I just want to encourage you. I just want to encourage you because I don't want you to lose hope 
if your prayer doesn't get answered right away or in the way that you want it to. God is still faithful. God is still on the throne. He's still in the miracle working business. Amen? And the fourth and final thing we can expect when we trust in the Lord is that we will be blessed. We will be blessed in, 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 in many different ways. Jeremiah 17, 7 says this, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is in the Lord. That's the second time tonight in a scripture they say pretty much the same thing twice. We should perk up when something say it twice in the same verse, right? Blessed is the man or woman, you can put that, blessed is the person who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. We will be blessed. Now, listen, I know a lot of times when people hear the word blessed, they maybe think about material things, but it's not just material thing. That's part of it. But listen, the Lord wants to bless you and your walk with him. He wants to strengthen and empower you and in your walk with him. The greatest thing the psalmist says in Psalm, I believe it's Psalm uh, 30, 37 or 34, that this one thing I desire, Lord, this one thing that I seek, that, that I may be with you in essence, he's saying that I can just be in your presence. That, Lord, I want to know you. The greatest blessing we can have as Christians is a, a more intimate walk with the Lord. Did you know that? That's the, that's the greatest blessing we can have over anything else is to know the Lord in a closer way, in a more intimate way. It's to be close to the Lord. He wants to bless us and strengthen us in our walk. He wants to bless your marriage. How many of y'all want a blessed marriage? Raise both of my hands, one of my feet. Amen. We all want, maybe, you know, maybe your marriage is not doing so well right now. Trust the Lord. Surrender your marriage to the Lord. Give your marriage to the Lord. And I, I, I mean, I know it could be hard. We've all had bumps in our marriages and bumps along the way. But listen, he wants to bless your marriage. He wants a, a breakthrough in your marriage. I know for this year, for in my life, I'm going to just share with y'all. And I was talking to a friend of mine. Uh, his brother was in that program last night that I ministered at. I called him to tell him that I, you know, saw his little brother there and stuff. And he was asking me. And it was cool because I, actually I hadn't even shared this with my wife yet. So, hey, you get to hear this, boo. I was going to talk to you about this later, but give you a little insight now. But it's good. It's, it's good stuff, you know. This year, like for prayer and fasting, I just sensed that the Lord was really, just for me personally, and for us, that the Lord just really led me to really a, a big part of our prayer and fasting was focused on my family, was focused on my marriage, was focused on my children, and just that the Lord would bless our marriage and would bless our children. So my, my buddy Chap asked me that today. He said, man, he said, last time I talked to you, he was praying and fasting. And, and he's actually a pastor here in town at another church. He's an associate pastor and a, and a worship leader here. And great, great guy, great man of God. We're real close with him and his wife. And and uh, he was, man, y'all was praying and fasting. And How's that been going? I just thought about it. I was just like, man, since then, because I just really felt like the Lord was taking our marriage and our family to another level. And as we had a conversation the other night, I just thought, as as Chap asked me, so now I'm just going to have a moment with my wife, okay? As Chap asked me this, uh, I just thought, man, our marriage has been strengthened. I just feel like there's been a a, a closer bond in our marriage and and, and in our family. Amen? God wants to bless your marriage. God wants to bless your, your children, your family. Amen. I mean, that, that's the thing about we can expect that. Lord, when I trust you, when I entrust you, that's what baby dedication is all about. What we're doing is we're, we're giving these little babies and these children to the Lord and saying, Lord, we're, we're entrusting these children into your hand. 
Like we have to do our part. Yes, the Bible says to raise them up. He actually charges fathers to raise them up and, and the way that, you know, and the instruction, the discipline of the Lord. But we're saying, Lord, we, we entrust our children. Cause right, you know, and for those of y'all, our oldest is 10 and we were youth pastors for seven and a half years. There comes a point where it's like, you really just got to trust the Lord, the kids into their hand, right? It's just like, Lord, I don't, they just acting crazy now. I don't know what to do. Lord, I just give them to you, right? Y'all laughing loud because y'all know it, you know it's true, right? We would look, we, we understand. We, we was in the thick of it with teenagers for years and years. But I mean, we do, right? With our kids, our children, we can look over our children, but I, I, this might sound simple, but I think about this. When we go to bed at night and lay down our, our heads and we go to sleep, I mean, so many things can happen. We trust in the Lord with our kids. Every night we go to sleep, we can't watch over them, right? Any little thing can happen. You know, we, we got to trust them when they're out. As your kids get older or when they're with friends and they're out driving around town or at a friend's house, we got to trust and trust them to the Lord. But we can believe that the Lord will bless us. Amen? He wants to bless your children, your relationship. He wants to bless you physically, mentally, and emotionally with health in all these areas. That's some of the blessings the Bible talks about. Is you know, more and more people, as I see, some people have mental issues or are struggling in their mind with thoughts and whatnot or maybe emotional maybe some emotional uh instability or you know some deep hurt some deep wounds going on in your life some scars some trauma from the past that may be still in there that's that's lurking listen as we trust in the lord the lord wants to bless you with healing wants to bless you with wholeness wants to restore your health mentally emotionally and physically. Amen. These are some of the things we can expect from the Lord as we trust them. And I do believe that the Lord also wants to bless your work, your business and your finances. I believe that's part of it. Amen. I do believe that the Lord wants to bless his people. And these are some of the things that we can expect as we trust in the Lord. Y'all receiving this tonight? Maybe there's an area that I mentioned or I didn't mention that you desire the Lord's blessing upon. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And in time, I believe he's going to do it according, again, according to his will. According to his will. And remember, that's important. Remember, even Jesus, this is kind of backing back up to the answer prayer. But even Jesus himself, as he was in the garden, he gets him and he said, Lord, if it's possible, take this cup of suffering. What he was saying, Lord, I pray that, Lord, I don't have to do this. But ultimately, your will be done. His desire and his prayer was that he didn't have to go through the torture he went through. Ultimately, Jesus knew he had to go through it for us, for me, and for you. But ultimately, Lord, your will be done. Lord, bless me according to your will, Lord. And what's awesome is that, you know, when we trust the Lord, really a lot of times we'll even, we'll, 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 we'll a lot of times we might have a lower standard because the Bible says that the Lord will do exceedingly and abundantly above and beyond what we can ask or even think. So most of the time, almost all of the time, the Lord's will, especially when it comes to blessing, is even greater than we can even think. Amen? Have you noticed that yet? Have you figured out that God wants to bless you? Like, oh man, this would be cool if this would happen. Or, Lord, this would be awesome if, if you could maybe do this. And he's like, man, I can do this. And it's like, wow, thank you, Lord. You can, right? So we need to trust them. We need to fully trust them. As I close tonight, I want to end it in a, in, in a, from the other angle. The downfall of not trusting in the Lord is that we can miss out on, on a lot of opportunities in all of these areas. And I want to share a scripture showing that in 2 Chronicles 16, verses 7 through 8, the Bible says this. 
At that time, Hananiah the seer came to King Asa and told him, Because you have put your trust in the king of Aram instead of in the Lord your God, you missed your chance to destroy the army of the king of Aram. And when I read that, I'm just like, wow. Because you trusted in something or someone else besides the Lord, you missed your chance. You missed your opportunity. That's a sobering thought, huh? Now, I mean, thankfully, the Lord is the, he's the God of second chances. Sometimes we miss our chance in one area and he gives us another chance or another door opens up. But, but that shows me, and, and specifically, he said, because you, not only because you didn't trust the Lord, but you put your trust somewhere else. They put their trust. He was looking to the help of another human, another, a king, someone else, and, and didn't trust the Lord. And he said, you missed your chance. Man, I don't know about y'all, but I want to make the most of every opportunity I have for the Lord in my own personal life, again, in my family and in my ministry and, and, and everything that the Lord has for me. So we need to fully trust in the Lord as we talked about last week and operate in those five dimensions of, of trust and just live as we trust the Lord expectantly, expecting Him to move. We have great opportunities each and every day. It says it in Ephesians, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Make the most of it by trusting in the Lord. Amen? And the greatest opportunity that we can miss out on is the opportunity for eternal life. We can miss the opportunity of, of eternal life if we don't fully trust in the Lord for our salvation. Hebrews 10.35 says, And do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Matter of fact, me, Pastor Kelly, and Pastor Brady were just talking about this today in the office. How, how you know, even as church-going folk, as Christians, sometimes we, you, you, you got to be careful because some of us grew up in a denomination where it wasn't about what the Lord, trusting in the Lord to heaven. It was about what you did, what you didn't do, your works, and how good you were, and all that kind of stuff. But it says to put your confidence, don't throw away, don't lose sight of the confident trust in the Lord. We have to trust him 110% to get to heaven, y'all. That's the bottom line. No other way, no other thing. He said, it is finished. And he said, you will have, put that back up, Doug, if you don't mind, please. It says it would bring you the great, a great reward. And that is heaven. I double checked. I looked at some other references in Hebrews and in James, and they all coincide. That means eternal life. The great reward that the writer of Hebrews was talking about right here is heaven, is eternal life. Acts 16.31 says this, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That word believe means to trust. That's what that word believes, not just believing with head knowledge, but it means to trust. This is what we've been talking about for two, two Wednesdays now. But it's a trust with an implication that actions based on that trust must follow after. Y'all tracking with me? A trust that shows actions. Again, faith without works is not, is dead. I mean, we, we can have faith and believe and trust in the Lord. It's the works and the actions don't get us to heaven. But once we trust and we believe, if you say you're a Christian, there should be some actions that follow that. Right? And again, it also means to trust. You've heard me say it many a times. I shared it last night. It means to trust like you would trust a parachute to save your life when you jump out of a plane. Right? It's not just a head knowledge. Once you believe and put your trust in Jesus to save you, again, some actions should follow. Why don't you go ahead and stand up with me as we close?
I want to start where we ended this evening. If you don't mind, if everybody would bow their heads with me as we pray, every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to start out in that again, where we ended. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you don't mind, please, no one looking around. Let me ask you, have you put your total trust and, and, and total trust and faith in, in the Lordship of Jesus Christ for your salvation? And what I mean salvation is eternal life. It says in Hebrews, it's appointed for every person to die once. Then after that comes judgment. There's no middle ground. There's no holding place. It's appointed for man to die once. Then comes judgment or every person to die. And later in that script, in that same chapter, he says that he died to take away our sins. Jesus Christ died. He said on the cross, right before he gave up his spirit, it is finished. It's a finished work of salvation on the cross. So as we've been talking about trust these last two weeks, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, Brandon, I don't know if I fully put my trust in Jesus for eternal life. I don't know if I died tonight, if, if I didn't make it home tonight, if, if, if I didn't wake up in the morning, if I crossed over and slipped into eternity tonight, if I'm fully, fully putting my total trust and faith in Jesus. I don't know if, I, if I've made the Lord my Savior, if I made Jesus my Savior, if you don't haven't fully embraced the free gift of salvation, which is Jesus coming down, died on the cross, forgiveness of our sins, taking our place so we can go to heaven. If you say, Brandon, I'm not sure, man, if I've totally put my faith in Jesus, maybe I've, I've depended on how much I've maybe come to church or good things I've done and it hadn't solely been in the, the work of the cross. I need to make sure I'm right with God. I need to make sure I'm saved. If that's you tonight, if you're not 100% sure, I want you to slip up your hand and let's make sure tonight. Let's get it right tonight. If you say, Brandon, I need to be saved. I see y'all hands over here. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. I see your hand back here, man. Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. I want to be saved. I want to be, I want to make sure I want to trust fully in the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. That I've raised. Anybody else? I shared this last night too. My mom's sitting right back there. And I remember her telling me when I was, uh, when I was younger, I was a teenager. And she said, baby, if you die tonight, where would you go? Heaven or hell? And I said, mom, I'm not sure. And this is what she told me. She said, if you're not sure where you're going, you're probably going to the wrong place. And there's a lot of truth in that. If you say, Brandon, I'm not sure 100% where I'm going. If that's you tonight too, slip up your hand. Don't be bashful. We want to pray for you. We want to give everybody a chance to make sure that they're right with God. All right, all of these with their hands up right now. Come on, we're going to pray with y'all as a church. If you believe, the Bible says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. It also says anybody that calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So let's pray. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner. Lord, I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. Lord, I thank you for dying for me. Lord, I thank you for forgiving me. Lord, I thank you for making a way for me. Now, Lord Jesus, I put my full trust, I put my full faith in you for eternal life. Now, Lord Jesus, give me the grace and give me the strength to show that I'm saved, to show that I'm a Christian, to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. For all of y'all that raised your hands, before y'all leave tonight, we're going to dismiss in a minute. I'd love for y'all to come down here, meet me at the front. I'd love to meet y'all. 
We, if you don't have a Bible, we want to give you a Bible. We've got a gift for you. We'd like to pray with you. Myself, Pastor Kelly, some of the other. My wife will be up here. So please don't leave until I, we get to meet y'all. For everybody else tonight, again, let's just recap real quick. we got time. We're going to finish up early. Maybe you need direction in your life. Come on, let's pray over these things real quick. If you need direction, lift your hand to the Lord. Father, I pray for all those that are seeking direction. Lord, more than half of the hands went up tonight. And Lord, I pray Lord, for those that are, that are, that are seeking a, a direction, a, 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 a huge decision in their life. Lord, I pray, teach them to fully trust you, to fully trust you, to look to you. And Lord, you said, you promised that if we trust in you with all our hearts and don't lean on our own understanding, if we acknowledge you or seek your will, that you will direct their path. Father, I pray that you would direct them and lead them and guide them in that way. Now, come on, how many of y'all feel like you're, why don't you put your hands down? How many of y'all feel like you're in the thick of the battle right now? And say, man, I've just been, i been fighting, I've been battling. If that's you, lift your hands. Come on, let's pray for victory right now. Father, as these that are lifting their hands, they're in the thick of it Lord I pray deliver them help them to conquer as they trust in you Lord God we see Lord as the Israelites trusted in you Lord God as the their fathers trusted in you you delivered them Father we pray deliver them Father God help them set them free give them victory Lord in Jesus name come on some of y'all been praying specific prayers if that's you lift your hands to the Lord say Lord I want to I need an answer for prayer Lord we pray those that are trusted in you Lord just as the Israelites cried out to you in battle and they stay it says you answer them because they trusted in you father those of you them that are looking like god and seeking a specific answer a specific prayer lord we pray according to your will that you would answer them teach them to trust now come on this should be all of us how many y'all want to be blessed amen how many y'all want your marriage to be blessed your children to be blessed Come on, your business to be blessed, your home to be blessed, your ministry to be blessed. Come on, let's just ask the Lord's blessing. We can expect it. Amen, saints? We saw it in his word tonight. We can expect to be blessed. Father, we trust you. We look to you, Lord God. And we, your word says that, Lord God, that, that, that if we trust in you, Lord, blessed is the man and woman who trusts in you and whose trust is you. Lord, you are our trust. You are our hope. We seek you. We look to you. We thank you. I pray you pour out your blessing upon my marriage part your blessing upon my children part your blessing upon Lord God Lord God our health praise your blessing upon this church God upon our pastors Lord God part your blessing upon our community Lord part your blessing on our, our mental emotional and physical health Lord God part your blessing that our spirits would soar that our relationship with you Lord God would be more uh, in depth and intimate Lord God may your blessing reside on our homes as we look to you and we trust you Lord I pray that you would bless every single person here, their families, Lord God, as they go tonight, as they continue to go through the week, Father. We trust you, we look to you, and we love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, God bless y'all. Amen. Praise the Lord.